dinosaurs. Hey, you like Pez? It looks like that has Heaney from the boundary line. He's an expert at these. Hello and welcome to Behind the Boundary Podcast. I'm your host, Pez, here with Source. We're here on a Friday, Melbourne lockdown, and Source, we're back to remotely doing the pod. Yeah, hi guys. It's uh, back into my living room, crouched over my uh, coffee table, mic in hand, Pez on the ear pods in uh, the regular studio, making me very envious. But yes, we are back on lockdown. Uh, seven day lockdown, Pez. Uh, probably best for the state, but uh, not good for the pod. Well, not good for the pod, not good for um, probably the small businesses around as well who might uh, or will lose out on a lot of money and I think some could uh, could be the last straw and could go under. So that's the, the sad thing, but we've got to do what we've got to do and um, get through the next seven days. All the footy, yeah, the good news for AFL fans is that they're all still being played, uh, even if teams are having to travel to different parts of the country to, to play now. Yeah, there's been a lot of uh, shuffling of fixtures and teams being quarantined. On uh, Monday when we had the first outbreak, I think there was four or five cases being confirmed and it looked like it was growing because of the exposure sites. Three or four teams jumped on planes and said, I am out of here. And uh, they sort of set up shop where they um, were playing that week and even still some teams couldn't avoid it and some teams have been turned away as we found out today, Pez. Yeah, only, uh, only three games in Melbourne still and just being confirmed today, uh, on a Friday at the moment that the Bulldogs-Melbourne clash will go ahead and all games in Melbourne will have no crowds. So similar to the start of last season, it'll be uh, a little bit different to, to watch the games with no crowds, but at least we've got footy uh, for a few days during this lockdown. Yeah, the AFL has to be um, definitely happy with what they've done because they had uh, two teams on the Friday night, the top of the table clash, both teams um, only having one loss, um, and they'd be spewing about the crowd pairs, but they'd be so happy to get the game going considering the COVID protocols have been in place. All players have returned negative tests, and the moment it came in that they uh, isolated themselves and only stayed with the team, so congratulations to the AFL for that, but disappointing to they're gonna we're not able to see uh the top of the table clash you know 10 wins both teams with a full crowd would have been a packed house yeah. yeah would have definitely been a packed house i actually heard um some things during the week source from bulldogs and melbourne fans that they weren't happy because their club wasn't going to get the money from the ticket sales but you, you just have to look back to the the derby over in western australia west coast versus Fremantle, where they missed out on the money as well and as long as we can get footy going and it's on the tv um, that that's better than not having it go at all. Yeah, the uh, the West Coast game that went at a one point something million dollar loss. I don't know if that same sort of money would be going to um, the Bulldogs or Melbourne with the financial sort of contract that's in with Marvel. But it, it's disappointing that that is going to happen, and hopefully it doesn't affect any of the clubs in the long term. But it is a great spectacle that we're going to get Friday night football, especially on you know the the first day of lockdowns to finish off the the week with a with a decent game of footy. Yeah, decent game of footy. Speaking of decent games of footy, source round ten. Uh, I know it's Friday, but there, there was huge, uh, huge games of footy. Uh, massive upset in in terms of Adelaide getting over the top of Melbourne. Uh, a massive uh, defeat to my Saints with uh, them losing by 111 points, uh, not even showing up. So there's been uh, a lot of drama, and the, the Collingwood versus Port Adelaide uh, prison bar debacle ended in a one point uh, loss for the Pies. 
Some cracking games of footy last week, Pez, and it, it wouldn't be a do it justice if we didn't talk briefly about um, the games, despite it being, um, you know, as usual, going back to our old ways, Pez, cutting it a little bit short before the, the start of the round, but uh, we, we were sort of privileged to a, a great round of footy after a couple of weeks where we sort of had a lot of big blowouts, and I know your Saints got blown out, Pez, but the Port Adelaide-Collingwood um, game was a great game, you had the Sydney Frio game, which was fantastic, you had the Melbourne-Adelaide game, which is, uh, you know, a little bit controversial, but a fantastic game, but it all started on the Friday night with the uh, the Brisbane-Richmond game uh, and Richmond really taking it up to the Lions in, up until that fourth quarter. Yeah, well, they were thereabouts. So I think the Lions uh, were pretty comfortable in terms of uh, they had a lot more shots at goal early in the game, but uh, Richmond were more accurate, so we were able to, to stick that out. And uh, Brisbane 15-12 to uh, the Richmond 11-8. It was a, quite strange at the end. And Tom Lynch, during the week, he's out for six weeks with a knee going in for surgery as well. So that's another depleted Richmond Tiger. And they're sitting outside the eight at the moment after 10 rounds. So their premiership uh, tilt, they need to get back on track pretty quickly. I've seen during the week there's a lot of uh, punters jumping on Richmond to miss the eight, uh, which would be a really big oh. call after the, the dynasty. You know, question without notice, is the dynasty over? The Tom Lynch sort of uh, forward line has been one of the sort of pillars of success for the Richmond Tigers, obviously having those two tall timbers there and having a really good run of injuries, you know, t- during the, the right times of the season. It is only halfway through. If they can stay thereabouts, uh, is the dynasty done? The dynasty can't be done because if they finish anywhere in the eight source, Richmond have proven over the last four years they can uh, win anywhere. And a couple of ins this week, Shea Bolton's coming back from that wrist injury. You've got Cochin coming back in. You've got Prestia coming back in. So you've got massive ins to the midfield. You've still got Dustin Martin. You've still got Jack Rewatt up forward. And they're just going to go back to the one tall and the, the smalls around and playing that Richmond brand of footy. They get to play Adelaide this week. Um, where are they playing? They've moved up to Giant Stadium, and I think they'll get the win pretty easily there. So get themselves back on track. And the scary thing is if they get healthy – towards the end of the season, then anything can happen. So I'm not writing Richmond off at all. No, and that's a good call, Pez. It's a good time for the Tigers or a good year for the Tigers to sort of be uh, down or thereabouts because there's no real standouts outside of the Bulldogs and Melbourne. Everyone else is sort of just floating around that mark. And as you said, a team that's got experience, they've won three premierships, they've got, you know, an elite talent coming back and possibly, you know, um, being healthy at the right time. You can't write the Tigers off. But uh, onto the onto the actual game, Pez. Brisbane starting to find form. We're, we're sort of... Uh, talked about this the last couple of years their forward line is finally starting to to fire they had um you know two two stars on on friday night hipwood kicked four bailey kicked four but it's that presence of uh, joe danaher in there that's really allowing them to have a forward structure and their forward line is really starting to look potent and they're not just having um blazing ways of shot they're they're looking like a more structured sort of you know a top of the table afl side and i think that uh they're, they're finding some dangerous form pairs Danaher could have kicked four as well uh, on the night. One goal, four, <laughs> back to his days at Essendon. But um, if Zach Dave Bailey can pop up and kick four, you look, Danaher can kick goals. Uh, Zorko kicks goals from the midfield. You've got Charlie Cameron who pops up for three or four sometimes each week as well. Um, Jared Lyons kicks goals from the midfield. McCluggage kicks goals from the midfield. midfield. McStay didn't kick a goal on the weekend, but he kicked four the week before. So they've got different players that pop up all around the ground. They're, in, they're probably the red-hot informed team of the competition at the moment um, up there in the top four. So uh, who do they play this week? They play GWS, no Toby Green. Uh, GWS have been travelling well as well. So uh, we'll see how they go up at the Gabba. 
Yeah, big test for them this week. Speaking of big tests, the Hawks were faced with the um, out-of-form Blues, and the Blues really needed to get this one. And whilst it wasn't convincing, Pez, they did come away with a 23-point victory against the um, the Hawks. They dominated most of the play, but they just they just um, the, the problem with Carlton over the last couple of years is those consistent patches where they just let teams in, and this was the case. There was five 10-minute patches where they just let the Hawks back in. They would evens it up, and then, yeah, they would kick away a little bit. They really needed to get a hold of this game. The four points are important, don't get me wrong, but wasn't a convincing win from the Blues. Not convincing. Four points really important, uh, especially they go up to Sydney this week. But um, it's looking like, I don't know, Sydney may be winning that one with Buddy coming into form in round 10 as well. But, uh, yeah, Carlton struggling for mine. If they lose next week, they, they're going to struggle to make the eight. Yeah, really, really. Um, they've had a rough start to the season and, uh, you know, a lot of people sort of picked them to be 9-10th, but they just can't seem to get that consistent form despite probably having um, one of the better forward lines and young talents in McKay who kicked another two goals. It's disappointing that they can't get it together. Sam Walsh is in Brownlow sort of form and just like I tipped at the start of the season, Pez, definite All-Australian. Let's uh, not forget that little call-out that I had. But Cripps is just uh, not as dominating as he has been in past. They really need everyone to fire. You had um, their recruit come back in from GWS they moved him down back and they, they were able to, you know, him to find some form. But they, they need to get that midfield working and getting that pill and getting more inside 50s and putting the score on the board. And they just can't do that consistently. Yeah, well, I think the Zach Williams experiment in the midfield is, uh, I don't know if it's working that well. So playing him off a half back when he had 26 disposals, kicked a goal. Uh, Cripps had 25, 18 of those were handballs, uh, but he had 10 tackles. So that's probably the positive thing uh, for Cripps. He just needs to continue to put in the effort and, and do those tackles. You've got Doherty down back who can... Uh, kick the footy very well, but uh, I still think they've got a lot of players in that bottom six who just uh, don't always contribute and they probably don't have a set 22, which which doesn't help either. So um, Carlton struggling for mine. Hawthorne, we know, uh, bottoming out and going for a draft pick this year. Yeah, that's a lot of money to be tied up in your back line, though, Pez. <laughs> There's a lot of money to be tied up in that, uh, considering they were trying to invest in a, in a you know that that third sort of uh, superstar mid. And as we said at the start of the season, he just doesn't have the tank for it. And it's a bit disappointing for Carlton that all that money is going to be in their back line with a team who's looking for a top eight aspirations. You wouldn't expect the ball to be down there that often. No, they, they probably need to get a move along. And uh, next year has to be their year, which is what they say, Year after year since about 2008. So it's been 12 years. Why not wait another one? Yeah. Speaking of waiting another one, uh, we wait another year for the Suns to find form and make that uh, miraculous, that, you know, inception into the eight, which they still can't do. They came up against my cats, Pez. And um, I'll be honest, I was at the game and it was a 40-point blowout, but it was uh, a bit of a non-event really. Both teams sort of going through the motions. The Suns uh, showed some fight in that last quarter, but... Geelong were in cruise control, and the only real big stories out of this were the injuries to uh, to Mitchie Duncan, uh, big concussion, and uh, sort of rode into the floor. And uh, Cameron Guthrie, who's been in all Australian form, racking up the thirty disposals, went off with a, a shoulder injury. Probably the big stories from this game. Yeah, the, you can't afford injuries uh, this time of the year. You want your team to be fit and firing. But uh, I didn't, I didn't see this game source. I just watched uh, this live score on the phone, and uh, I was like. What's going on? No, no scores are happening. Low scoring game, ninety-one to fifty-seven. Uh, ben King kicked three of the Suns' eight goals, so he's always popping up. But um, Salwood had nearly forty disposals. He had thirty-nine disposals, and uh, it seemed like a 
possession fest for the Cats without much scoring going on. Yeah, the Cats continually just sort of uh, kicked the ball around, and uh, to the Suns' credit, they defended them really well, the Cats, um, and they got impatient and sort of bombed it down the pack, but the the Suns would basically get the ball and then bomb it back to, to Geelong to reset that uh, and allow the possession fest. We know that Geelong likes to play that high-possession brand of football, and when they are patient and it does open up, they are very damaging. You know, the, the forward line for Geelong, again, they had seven from their, their main contributors, uh, Hawkins and Rowan and uh, Jeremy Cameron continuing to his form of... Uh, two or more goals in most all the games he's played. So the Cats move along with a pretty routine sort of win to face the Pies this week. Yeah, and uh, talking about a routine win, the next game definitely wasn't a routine win source with Adelaide getting the chocolates by one point. But uh, with about five minutes to go, Melbourne went 16 points up and Adelaide had to kick the last three goals to actually win the game. Controversy at the end with the deliberate call where Melbourne I don't know, probably should have had a shot at goal. Um, AFL came out and said they got that wrong so Melbourne could have had a chance to win but they shouldn't have been in that position. Peyton Oliver had an absolute blinder uh, possessions and coming out of the middle and actually kicking goals so um, I just couldn't believe watching the last five minutes that Melbourne lost that game. Yeah, it was a really interesting one. They dominated most of the the possession. They do- dominated most of the stats pairs. But like we've said last year, um, the, the the worrying thing with Melbourne is that they have done this sort of um, you know damaging, controlling the game sort of play for the last couple of years, and it's basic mistakes that really sort of underpin the, this this you know Adelaide Crows win. Um, Tex was fantastic in that last quarter, but they shouldn't have had an opportunity to be in the game. The Crows um, they should have been blown away early. Melbourne needed to take control and needed to capitalise on their opportunities, and they just didn't. And uh, that's the thing that we said literally last week, Pez, on the show is that that is the concerning thing for the D's is everything is clicking at the moment, but how long can they keep that? Uh, that sort of you know miraculous run and everything clicking going for. Well, it, it's quite unbelievable because Melbourne have been uh, shit out since they made the prelim final, and then coming they were up by three goals in the first quarter, and then uh, ended up letting Adelaide come back into the game. So you'd think as a team that have been really disappointing to their uh, fans, supporters, members, that they would actually leave the foot on the accelerator, um, try and get to ten and zero because all the type was was nine and zero, but. Uh, Melbourne supporters, all they can say now is this is the loss we needed to have and uh, move on. They play the Bulldogs this week. Yeah, look, it was a good time to have a loss, to be honest, to lose to a, a team that was meant to be down the bottom. This is what the Melbourne supporters will tell you and anyone that's you know loses to a team that they really shouldn't lose to, it's a good time to have a loss because you're coming up against the, the Western Bulldogs, you know, top of the table, probably the best team in the comp at the moment. It's a good reality check for the Ds, but uh, tell you what, 10-0 and sounds a lot better than 9-1. Uh, and 1. <laughs> Yeah, 9-1, and one, especially when you lose against Adelaide. But you do speak about the Western Bulldogs, a big clash coming up. Western Bulldogs absolutely dominated St Kilda, 144-33, to 33, winning by 111 points, uh, only winning by more than 100 points uh, against North Melbourne earlier in the year. So uh, massive, massive stuff. It definitely was, Pez. Uh, your Saints were very disappointing, but uh, I don't think anyone was beating the Dogs on um, Saturday's performance. They were unbelievable. And the statistics told everything. They led the possessions by uh, over 50. The centre clearances, they won 19-9, inside 50s, 69-41. And then also the tackles. They won the tackle count by almost 30, 72-46. It was an incredible game by the Bulldogs. And... Uh, yeah, when they're playing like that, um, you know, it's really hard to, to see anyone beating them with that midfield dominance, the, you know, controlling the football, and, and they were scoring pretty frequently, which is probably the only concern that we had with the Bulldogs midfield coming into this year. Yeah, and they, they piled it on. They love to 
get up and about and kick goals. And the, the most disappointing thing for St Kilda is that the tackles, to lose the tackles uh, by that much, 74 to 48, uh, when you've got minus 50 in disposals <laughs> around the ground and you've only scored 33 points for the game. It's just uh, you have to think about effort and you have to think about um, St Kilda giving up they, they lost to Essendon earlier in the year by 75 points. They've had big losses to Richmond, Port Adelaide, and now the Western Bulldogs by 111. And uh, they're in turmoil at the moment. They're, they're not winning anywhere on the ground in those games. And the games that they win, you know, they, they control it and they show the effort. And against Geelong, when they were actually in the game the week before, they had 86 tackles. And this week, they didn't have the footy and they only had 48. So uh, we don't know where to go from here. Yeah, it's, I think that's the most disappointing thing as a supporter, Pez, and just a football lover, is when you see a team that is getting beaten in all aspects of the ground, the cat tackle counts where they've got to at least be um, showing some effort, and that's where it is. It seems that the moment St Kilda get a little bit behind, their heads go down, and they just sort of fall apart, and it's really disappointing considering a lot of people had them, you know, as top four aspirations, and we thought that the Saints were back after their great run in the bubble last year, as well as their, their finals campaign, which was pretty pretty convincing too, you know, beating the Dogs last year in that sort of first final, um, coming but from behind showing a lot of effort in a real emotional win, but uh, really disappointing for them. Uh, the, but again, you can't take anything away from the Bulldogs. Norton had five. Bontempelli had four. He's in Brownlow form. Bruce, your man, had three. Dale had two. Waitman, the rookie in the you know nomination this week for the, the uh, rising star, he had two. But uh, they just the only negative spot was probably uh, Trelaw doing his ankle and missed this week's um, blockbuster clash. Yeah, he was in a moon boot, so that was really disappointing for the Bulldogs fans, but um, the other game was probably the game you wanted to be watching was Fremantle versus Sydney over there. You had uh, a two-point game with Fremantle and Nathan Fife stealing it at the end when he when he dribbled it through. Uh, watching this game, Fremantle were very inaccurate, so probably could have won by more. But when Buddy got his sixth goal, you was just thinking that you know Sydney were going to win this uh, comfortably by a couple of goals, and uh, it, it didn't happen in the end. Yeah, the, the Swans definitely took the chances when uh, they were giving them, you know, Fremantle being inaccurate. The thing that I actually thought lost them the game in that fourth quarter was they became too Buddy-centric. Every time they went down, they went to that one-on-one contest with Buddy. And, you know, whilst he was dominating and getting hands to the footy, they, they actually had some opportunities where they could have swung the ball around in different aspects of the ground and had a decent shot at goal. And But that's what happens. You know, Luke Ryan was fantastic in that last quarter and especially in those dying sort of seconds, you know, saving the ball. Um, it was a great game of footy to watch and it was really disappointing to, to see the Swans not get it, especially when Buddy's in form like that. Six goals, back to his, you know, his absolute best. Papley had two. He was a, he was a limelight. But, uh, yeah, the, 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 the Dockers sneaking a win there when... Uh, they probably should have lost that game, Piz. Oh, yeah, they were inaccurate in front of goal. Roy Lobb was good with four up forward, but um, you'd think Sydney would get across the line, and it's one they let go away, so it doesn't help their position in the final eight at the end of the season, and you don't want to lose when your star forward buddy kicks six. No, you don't, Pez. And uh, he uh, went back to his absolute best with one of his, mate. Buddy from 60 out from you, dribbled one in, and uh, all I could do was think about you then, Pez. I know that you love that. <laughs> You know, like Buddy from 50, it was Buddy from 60 with a bit of dew on the ground and it rolls through, so that was awesome. The, the next game uh, on the Sunday was awesome as well, Source Giants versus West Coast. It was goal for goal. You couldn't separate them by a goal for the whole game until the last few minutes when GWS kicked away to a 16-point win. Um, and the Eagles, they, they'd be very disappointed that they can uh, – their defense didn't hold up, they were letting goals go too easily. And I think GWS, their game plan going in, and I think teams need to look at this Source – is where West Coast were taking their shots from. Josh Kennedy is marking them out on the boundary line, 45 metres plus out. Uh, 
and taking really hard shots at goal. Yeah, you kick some of them, but they're not getting those easy shots in front of goal. So where um, GWS were forcing them to go was a really good game plan from uh, their coaching staff. But uh, I think that's what won them the game in the end as well. Yeah, they they won they won the game through that sort of it was almost like a zone sort of you know clustering the middle and forcing uh, you know putting GWS players not behind the ball but in those little pockets that they normally uh, lead to forcing them out to those wings and you're right Pez that you, you probably go down you know sixty forty chance of kicking that goal you know for an elite athlete but you know someone like uh, Kennedy he probably bought a seventy thirty chance but you definitely take that um, especially when you know you are able to defend it a lot better because what, GWS looked fantastic coming out of their back line and. I was really worried about where GWS was going to kick the goals from with uh, Toby Green and um, Jesse Hogan out, especially him returning to form. But uh, their forward lines stood up. You had Finlayson kick three goals. Zach Sproul had two. And uh, Ruckman, Matty Flynn, he had a couple as well. So the, the Giants, uh, you're right, they were toe-to-toe with uh, the Eagles for all the game. And then that last quarter sort of broke out. But uh, the Giants, best surprising uh, surprising win. And that uh, does put their top eight aspirations in, uh, in definitely in track. limelight. Yeah. Definitely when they're sitting in the eight there above Richmond, but um, the plus 101 in disposals and you, you talk about the tackle count and you hate to see it, but they're plus uh, 33 in the tackles as well against West Coast. So it didn't do enough. West Coast probably only won the hit outs uh, and GWS had every other category uh, down pat and their game plan, well done to their coaching staff again and they won by 16 in the end. So bad loss for West Coast. Very bad loss for for West Coast though, Pez. But uh, hats off go to the other the other colour boy, the uh, green, uh, <laughs> the rookie Tom Green. Twenty seven disposals, two goals. Uh, maybe they might uh, be painting the town green this time instead of orange, Pez. Yeah, very impressive uh, that young man. He might be moving to Tassie when they have a team because they might be. A green uniform as well So that'll be good Put both greens in there <laughs> Alright so While we're talking about colours We better get to the shades there Pez The uh, black and white And I think the biggest uh, dis- Biggest story out of this uh, Port Adelaide game Wasn't the fact that Collingwood uh, came close Is that Port Adelaide didn't continue Their petty behaviour This was the chance To pull out the prison bars After the, the siren That would have been Absolutely bang on If they'd pulled out The, the prison bar journey jerseys After a one point win Especially after some of uh, Dane Swan's comments Early on Twitter In the early in the game yeah, the tweet was uh, very, very good. Three goals, one to one behind in the first quarter. And the tweets are along the line of, as your one point, uh, Port Adelaide. And Port Adelaide actually retweeted it after the game, a handy point, because they won by a point. So um, that was uh, some comedy there on Twitter. But I think Port Adelaide uh, would have looked silly to pull out the prison bars after this because uh, they did not perform on the day. They just were able to scrape through at the end. They were up by 13 points and still let Collingwood come back in to give them a shot at a clearance and a, and a steal of the win. But, um, yeah, Port, I don't know about Port Adelaide at the moment, Sauce. They can't uh, be playing away, and they got smashed by the dogs at, in their home state as well. Do you know what it is, Pez? It's the, it's the contested ball. They're just losing the contested ball. The Western Bulldogs are the best clearance side and the contested ball team in the league. Uh, and in, in a game that they win by a point, and they should win by you know 30 or 40 points against a, a lackluster sort of talent, Collingwood, they, they lost the contested possession by over 30, Pez. Like it's, it's not something that should be happening. The clearance count, you know, it wasn't great for them either. They lost that by seven. And it's a key area that they were dominating last year. Um, you know, Boak and Wines and... These players are getting plenty of the pill, but they need those bulls in there. They need Amon to go in there and go get the ball. They need, you know, some of those players to, you know, Butters to, to really bring that um, ball out of there and then give their forwards an opportunity to score. They've got an amazing, young, talented forward line. Their midfield is good when they've got possession of it. They need to go and get it. They need to start winning that clearance count. 
Yeah, it didn't happen, but uh, Port Adelaide escaped with the four points, which they really, really needed. That would have been uh, really upsetting for them to lose that. And uh, so they're still in contention for the top four, which they need to get probably top two uh, in order to make some noise this year. The next game, bit of a non-event. Essendon winning by 72 points against North, who had been on Mad Monday for a for a while after winning that grand final down in Tassie. Yeah, the grand final in Tassie. Yeah, the Bombers, you're right. It was a bit of a non-event for uh, for, for football fans, but for Essendon fans, uh, they would have been absolutely stoked. They had 13 individual goal scorers. They had, you know, big two-metre Peter. He kicked a couple. Anthony Tippin Woody, he kicked a couple. Harry Jones kicked through the three as well. But it was their midfield pairs, and I've been saying this for a couple of years now. They've put... Darcy Parrish in that midfield, pairs, and he is absolutely... Uh, he's been lighting it up since he won the Anzac Day medal. 36 disposals, 11 clearances. Merritt and Andy McGrath had 31 as well. The work rate in there was absolutely amazing for them. And, you know, for a team that is uh, probably sort of had aspirations... Oh, well, they probably had aspirations. Essendon fans are top eight, but realistically, they were probably looking around the top four. That uh, Sorry, bottom four, the middle of the, the pack sort of aiming. They've got a lot of young talent that is getting some important games and important reps into them, and the they're looking all right, some of uh, Ad- uh, Essendon's young stars. Yeah, definitely. I really like uh, Perkins, Cox and Jones. Jones had three, Cox had two. Uh, he looks really good when he can go up on the wing as well and when he builds some confidence and he seems like he's got some really good stamina. And then Perkins as well is that uh, smaller type medium forward who comes up and kicks inside forward 50. You, you love to see that. So Essendon have some kids, which is good. Um, and that's what you need when you're a struggling bottom side. Yeah, and, and whilst we, we, we better touch on uh, the North for those North fans before, Pez, I'm sure you rip into them uh, again somewhere throughout the show. Uh, Zerha was fantastic during the second half, really sort of giving them some of that effort that you'd have liked to see from St Kilda. He took, you know, three strong contested masks, had an uh, unbelievable effort on the wing, uh, and it gave Roos fans a little bit to... Uh, to, to, to sort of cheer about, still couldn't sort of capitalise on that scoreboard. He only kicking one goal too, but, you know, some effort. They still managed to kick 10 goals uh, for, for North, which is really good for them. No, they lost uh, They lost for mine. I'm not speaking about them because I've got that 10-goal <laughs> mark that I want to do, and they lost by 72, so stuff them. And uh, we'll move on, and we'll get into our betting review for round 10. Review. no official review. Oh, here we go, Sauce. Uh, round 10 betting review. Confidence from you. Um, disappointing round. Uh, you were around the minus 60 mark, minus 59.57. But not that's not the most disappointing thing, Sauce, because you put out a live uh, money for VBs <laughs> and you've moved your record six out of 11 now. And uh, Dill on Instagram is not too happy about that. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> I'm not making excuses, Pez, but I will make a recommendation for people in the future. If you are having a few beers, don't let the alcohol do the betting <laughs> for you, <laughs> and don't get uh, overconfidence in yourself. I was at the uh, the Gabs Beer Festival on the Sunday, and the footy was uh, on, and I had. Uh, I was feeling a little lucky, but I think I was feeling a little bit more tipsy than anything, uh, Pez. So really disappointing for me, but I will make it up this uh, this week, uh, Pez and Dylan. So. Yeah, a bit disappointing for, for the followers there of uh, Source because I know there's a lot of people that follow that bet slip and it's it's disappointing when it doesn't perform. Yeah, well, if they do follow a bet slip on Behind the Boundary podcast, Source, you'd hope they'd be following mine as uh, usual instead of yours because you are always seem to be down in the dumps and have one good round every now and then. Eh? I had three good rounds, you dick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's recap uh, our wins and losses here. We had Brisbane versus Richmond. 
Uh, I had Brisbane to win by one to 100 and Charlie Cameron to kick a goal. He kicked it in the first quarter. They won comfortably there against Richmond. So that was a tick. 25 turned into 75. Yeah, I had a, a loss for this one, but did escape with a bonus bet. Brisbane one to thirty nine got up. Hugh McCluggage got his disposals, but unfortunately Charlie Gammon only kicked one goal one. So got a bonus bet that I'll win back this round, Pez, so don't worry about that. Yeah, a couple of bonus well, lots of bonus bets over the both bet slips here, source with the uh, sports bet special. Uh the next game was the Carlton versus Hawthorne. I had Carlton halftime leader, Carlton head to head and Lockie Fogarty. Uh, he usually pops up and can be an anytime goal scorer and uh, did it for a bit of value. Didn't happen this time. So uh, take that bonus and put it in round 11. Yeah, I had Carlton, uh, the maximum at the line at 19 and a half. I was loving that line. Uh, at the end of the game, throughout the game, I was a little bit scared uh, when they kept letting Towards the end of that in. fourth quarter, geez, you would have been oh, sitting on your hands. I don't know what you were doing there. Uh, I was uh, probably on the beers, Pez, uh, but I had a nice little $45 <laughs> win there, so which was the only one for my round. So uh, I'll uh, hand it over to you. Yeah, next one was uh, the cheeky, Geelong versus Gold Coast. So I expected Geelong to do a bit more and score more than uh, the 97, which would have meant Cameron getting more goals. But he only got the three in the end. I had him anytime goal scorer, uh, two goals or more, and then five goals or more against Gold Coast. It didn't happen, but two of those legs did get up, and I got the bonus uh, back there. So for my bonus cheeky in round 11. Yeah, this was a bit disappointing for Cats fans, Pez, because the reason that my bet didn't uh, salute the maximum 50 was because for the first time this season, Cameron Guthrie didn't get over 30. He uh, went off in that third quarter, in the middle of the third quarter, with 21, and I needed him to get uh, nine more disposals. He finished with 28 when he came back uh, playing with one shoulder in the forward line, so still was a bit of a chance, but disappointing because the other two legs got up. But Pez, again, as I said, that money will be back this week, don't worry. No, that's what happens with uh, injuries when you have multiple players in the same game multi as well. You sometimes get unlucky. The next game was Adelaide versus Melbourne. I chucked my bonus on uh, Melbourne 40 plus. Some people were saying maybe you should just go Melbourne 1 to 39, but it wouldn't have mattered in the end. No, you should have gone uh, the Crows, Pez. Uh, I lost my cheeky on this one. Uh, nothing even got close. Uh, I expected Melbourne to put on a better performance, so I'm not even going to talk about it, Pez. It was a $10 loss. Yeah, there you go. Uh, St Kilda versus the Bulldogs I had Sinclair to get 15, Bailey Dale to get 20. He nearly had that at half time, And Jack Billings to get 20. And uh, when you're a player like Jack Billings, you probably need to be getting the – your team needs to be getting the footy for you to touch the footy as well. And he only uh, finished with about 17, so three disposals off and uh, another bonus. No, that's disappointing, Pez. Uh, I had no bet in that one because I did think this was a very unpredictable game. And uh, I was very right on that because it definitely went in a way that I didn't think many people could predict. On to the Fremantle and Sydney game. Um, I went with Tab. Um, for a little bit more value on the 15 disposal markets because I wanted to have Jordan Dawson at 15 disposals. He got that really easy. He ended up with 30-something. Will Hayward kicked his goal, but unfortunately Sydney couldn't get it over the line. So no bonus bet, Pez, because I uh, went with uh, value for the 15 disposals and not the actual bonus bet special. Yeah, well, you wouldn't have Dawson in there anyway, but uh, I had Sydney in mine head-to-head, so a loss. And Cunningham only ended up with uh, 13 disposals, not the 15, so... No bonus bet either, just a loss there. Yeah, we get on to the Eagles and Giants game, Pez, and I spoke about how I thought that the the um, Giants were value and that's where I should have actually put my money. Instead, I steer cleared, so over to you. Yeah, I had the uh, West Coast, the, the minus line, because I was really happy that uh, Toby Green was out of the game and I thought that GWS you know, can't really get the job done without him, but they were able to uh, kill my bet in the first quarter there. Uh, so my 25, no good there. 
Yep, uh, we get over to the Port Adelaide uh, Collingwood game, which, I, as I said, I had a couple of beers, pairs. I got a little bit excited, put down a max live bet, and, jeez, was that a mistake. Uh, the beers were good, but the bet was not. Uh, I had Port Adelaide to win. Carl Amon to get over 23.5 was his personal line. That's the reason I actually jumped on the live bet, pairs because at the start of the week, you don't get to have those individual live uh, lines where you can get some absolute yep. value. I thought it was value, but when you lose the clearances uh, like they did, Carl Amon's not even getting close to that. I also had uh, Dan Houston to get 20 and he didn't get near that so loss no, on uh, two out of three fronts. Up, didn't they? yeah they really did Pez yeah. and that's one of those things that you know if Port Adelaide had put any sort of effort into it they, that bet probably gets up but just disappointing for Port Adelaide fans and my bet slip yeah I was lucky to get away with my uh, win here Port Adelaide to win by one to a hundred they did did the win by one and Charlie Dixon to kick a goal which he did so uh, 25 into 75 uh, free money from points bet but uh, yeah it was a struggle for most of the day it was a struggle for most of the day Pez I had no bet in the Essendon North Melbourne game and uh, that was a little bit lucky because I think Pez from memory we were both sort of leaning towards the North Melbourne line thinking it was pretty decent sort of line but uh, glad we stayed oh, particularly we, from that we forgot about we forgot about that mad Monday we on, the, on the piss for five days so um, <laughs> that, that wasn't good, um, good but the all. next one uh, we had the, the source multi uh, Carlton plus 12 and a half, they won. Sydney plus six and a half, they lost by two, but uh, that little bet would have had a win. Had Port Adelaide plus 12 and a half, which got up. Disappointing one was West Coast plus 12 and a half. Throughout the whole day, they didn't uh, lead or be losing by more than 12 until that last GWS goal. So lost by 16 and uh, lost the max 50 there. That would have been a handy one. It would have definitely been a handy one. What would have been handy, Pez, is for your Saints to actually play some football and stay and not get belted by 100-something points. I did think they were going to lose, but I didn't think they were going to get belted. So my source multi was dead on its first leg. St Kilda plus 34.5. That's ridiculous that you didn't clear that, Pez. So that's disgusting on your Saints. GWS plus 20.5 got up and Port Adelaide plus 24.5. How, how can – yeah, I'm not even going to get into it, but that's a loss for me, No, Pez. it's just Rowan Marshall, mate. Rowan Marshall gone. From yeah, St. Kilda, that, it was definitely loss. going to be a 40 plus, uh, 40 plus loss. But we head into the stats. I'll stake the 200, return 150 for a return on investment, minus 25% this week's source. So total for the year, stake $1,940, return $2,346.20 for an ROI of 20.93%. So over the uh, the mark there of 20%. So uh, still on the the upwards of the of the season. Yeah, we've still got that fire emoji there, Pez. Unfortunately, i got the little boat emoji that I've just noticed there, which is a little bit of a rough thing from the media manager there. Sailing away from the island. <laughs> You're kicking me off, Pez. That's a bit rough. Well, you're, you're heading that way, so I just thought I'd get the canoe ready. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Well, don't worry about that, Pez, because uh, uh, you're right. It was a bad round 10. Um, but uh, oh, we'll go through it either way because that's what we do here behind the bound. We always keep ourselves accountable. We go through the wins, the losses, and um, apparently the boat license as well there, Pez. So um, I staked 235 for the round, which was including that live bet. Returned only $95, a ROI of minus 59.57%, which is absolutely disgusting. That brings my ROI for the year down to 5.84%, meaning that I've staked... $1,750 and returned $1,852.24, Pez. So still in the green, still in the positive, and I'm still on the island, just for, for let, let's be clear about that, Pez. I'm not on the <laughs> boat yet, so it should be a little island there as well because uh, I know that you're getting the boat ready, so maybe it should be on your side, not mine. Well, boat's not coming to my side. I've still got the flyer <laughs> over 20%, mate. So I've got a couple of horrendous rounds. I've probably got three or four horrendous rounds to... Uh, 
get back in the water. So I'm not going back in the water this year. Ah, Pez, it wouldn't be interesting if we just won all the time, would it? We have no banter. So I'm keeping I'm keeping the podcast alive with uh, a couple of rounds here and there that are a little bit shit. But Pez, and if you want to see the, if you want to see the little emojis as well, source at behind the bound on Twitter, uh, updated every week and. Uh, I wonder what little emoji uh, we'll both have this week. I'm going to have about seven fires, Pez. I might have a, an on-fire of the boat because I'm going to let, light that boat on, fo- boat on fire this week when I get all my big wins uh, in our bet slip. Oh. The fact that the size of the bets was relatively small. Our bets with an opportunity about 50 metres out. I was with a mate and um, we were getting, getting sort of ready to leave and he, he said, um, I think I'm going to whack 10 on. On Maxi, do you want do you want some as well or not? I said Oh yes! 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 As always, Pez, uh, we're cutting it fine. Two hours before the actual bounce, Pez. Let's get into the specials for round eleven. Sinu takes a special and goes bang. Yeah, well we've got the uh, sports bet. You've got the Tonight's match, kick a goal in the first two minutes, you win. Uh, we know we don't like that here at Behind the Bound, but it's there. All matches this round, up to three refunds for a three-plus league, same game multi. Uh, with sports bet, odds must be uh, $2, and you can't uh, boost it. What's it called? A power play. Power, power play, source? Power play, Pez. Yeah, I don't know what it's called because I don't have a mic out. Uh, and they've got a head-to-head three-plus league AFL multi uh, for all matches this round. You get a bonus bet if one leg fails. Head over to tab. You've got three-plus legs. Uh, Friday night, we've got the Melbourne versus Bulldogs tonight. And Saturday, you've got West Coast versus Essendon at the moment. So only the two games there. They've got the head-to-head special, the exact same as uh, sports bets there. Ladbrokes, we've said they're disappointing because they don't bring out their their stuff early. They've still only got the Western Bulldogs versus Melbourne $2 lines. Uh, and Neds, they've got the exact same thing, the $2 lines. And they've got a three-plus league same-game multi on the Dogs versus Melbourne. So depending on where you can get more value, you'd go there. Now, this points bet promotion source, I know you wouldn't have seen it yet. We've got the Bulldogs-Demons game. You got $3 for the Bulldogs to win by 1 to 100, and Bont and Pallity kick one-plus goals. Oh, that is uh, great. What do you think on that? I actually think that's really good value. I think the Bulldogs are... Uh are really finding form. I think um, they're, they're dominating all the, the right areas. I think that is a great bet. I don't can't see them blowing out uh, the the Demons like they blew out the Saints, Pez. So that's a great, great bet. Yeah, I, I don't think I'm going to go with that this week. I, I checked it on Sportsbet Source to see a comparison and uh, the Bont to kick a goal and Bulldogs uh, just to win head-to-head was paying two bucks uh, by itself there. So I'm not touching that this week, that promotion. Um, so... We'll see if the listeners like to take advantage of that. And that's it for the specials. That's it for the specials, Pez, which means we get into our first game. As we've sort of spoken out throughout the show, it's going to be an absolute classic. It's a real shame that we can't get fans there, but it is the Dogs taking on Melbourne. Both teams sitting top of the table. Western Bulldogs on 9-1 and one, and the Melbourne Demons after their shocking performance last week on 9-1. and one. The Dogs have firmed in as favourites. This opened up as evens, um, but with the Melbourne Demons going into some of that frantic sort of testing, it has sort of drifted out. So Melbourne are the outsiders at 225. The Dogs favourites $1.65. The line likewise has creeped out. It is minus 7.5 favouring the Dogs and the over-under for the game is 161.5. Pez, can Melbourne make this a contest with uh, the week that they've had? Uh, I think they might be able to just because uh, Bulldogs are missing Trelaw and Dunkley as well with him being injured. But Tim English is going to be a big in for the Bulldogs to help them out in the ruck there. But they're still missing Stefan Martin. So Tim English... 
Riley Garcia comes to make his debut and Patrick Lipinski come into the team. Mitch Hannon goes out injured, Anthony Scott and Trelaw injured as well. The thing I like about the ins and outs source, they've now got the person that goes out and then was the medical sub. Yeah, they've I actually like got in brackets well. subs. So I like that inclusion this week. And Melbourne get back a really important player, Christian Salem, and omitted uh, Neville Jetta there as well. So where I'm looking at in the bet, I did say I'm not going to the points bet promo, but I am going to use my $10 bonus bet, which was my cheeky. So it's going to be my cheeky again this time, source. I need you cheeky. to Cheeky! Cheeky. There we, there we go. He's yeah, on to it. One of, the, one of the COVID problems is that we can't get in sync with that one, Pez. <laughs> we, can't, we can't press the, uh, the button ourselves because it's not here and it's at your joint. But um, what I've gone, very very cheeky here. I've got um, Cosy Pickett to score two or more goals. Uh, that's 288 not, by that's itself. That's not that cheeky, Pez. I had him kick four last week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Cody Waitman, the, the rising star, he kicked 2-2 last week. I've got him to score two or more goals at 288 as well. Put them two together. And my third leg, I've just put um, Cozzy Pickett in there, but it's a bonus bet anyway, so that doesn't even matter. I shouldn't have even put the third leg in there. Um, that pays eight seventy five, so the ten bonus on that. That's pretty good. Uh, pretty good value there, actually, for two things that are that could definitely happen. Um, you, you have to think that Melbourne put a little bit of work into some of those taller forwards that have, or the taller forwards, which aren't that really tall forwards for for the dogs uh, that have been sort of you know getting a lot of the pill. Um, yeah, I don't mind that one at all, Pez. Uh, good luck for that. I've gone with mine. I've gone over to Tab with their three-leg game special just because the odds were a little bit better with some of the other markets. I've gone the Bulldogs head-to-head, and I'm a little bit concerned about how um, Melbourne score their goals. So I'm sticking with Petrarca to kick a goal and uh, Oliver Clayton to kick a goal as well. Both of them kick a goal. That gives me odds of 650, and I've put 25 on that one. Well, there you go. I like how you um, check the odds over, over both uh, companies. That's a, a tip to all punters out there to try and get the best value uh, anytime you can. Yep, let's get across to this uh, next game on the Saturday afternoon. Is Collingwood playing Geelong? You probably would have expected 70,000. Instead, you're going to get seven uh, because it is COVID protocols in this game and one of the three games actually going ahead in Melbourne. We have Collingwood as outsiders, $4.10. Geelong, the firm favourite, $1.24. The line is minus 25.5 favouring the Cats and the over-under is 151.5. Pez, can the the Magpies make it two impressive performances uh, in a row? No, no, no. They can't do it. Uh, <laughs> Taylor Adams, one of the most important midfielders, came back last week, 29 disposals. He's actually out injured again. So um, they're not getting much back either. Duncan goes out injured for the Cats and Holmes comes in. Uh, Zach Guthrie is the medical sub last week who, who's out as well. But where I'm going here, I think Geelong are going to win this pretty comfortably. But I, I don't love the line. I think Collingwood would be able to, you know, maybe get within that. So I've headed over to Jeremy Cameron again. I've got him down as any time goal scorer. I've also got him down to kick two or more goals. And then I've also got Jeremy Cameron to kick the most goals in group one. So that gets me $3.10 source, and I've put 25 on that one. That's a great little bit there, Pez. Uh, all over Jeremy Cameron, just like all the Geelong fans. It's really disgusting when you're watching the game actually there. And it's sort of, geez, we're frothing him something bad. It's actually a little bit disgusting every time he gets the ball. But on to my bet slip. Uh, I'm glad that you mentioned the um, the outs of Duncan and Guthrie. They really, really uh, put a big hole into that midfield. So I'm hoping what happens is Joel Selwood continues his great form and he grabs 25. Tommy Stewart, he's been an absolute soldier at the 20 disposal market and still sits at about $1.20 for um, 20 disposals, which is ridiculous. And then I've also gone with Sam Menegola. So generally uh, last year when he was in good form, he sort of moved into those midfield stints. I'm hoping he can get me 25. Uh, all those together get me $4.20 with sports bet. One leg fails and I've put 25 on that one. Not bad there with the Menegola leg source because uh, 
with uh, Duncan out, uh, he might play some more minutes around the ball there on the wing. So, uh, yeah, best of luck there. Thanks, Pez. Let's get into the Lions versus the Giants. This game at the Gabba, uh, the two ten, which is a little bit disappointing for for the AFL that they're overlapping games uh, with the COVID outbreak. They need to get that organised for next week if we're going to continue this lockdown. But we do have the Lions as the favourite, a dollar twenty, and the Giants outsiders four dollars sixty. The line is minus twenty nine and a half. The over under is one sixty nine and a half. Pez, Lions continue their fast form. Yeah, um, I think they will. I was hoping for a little bit more value around a dollar forty mark for the Lions, but a dollar twenty you can't really touch that there um, with GWS in the form that they're in. But still, no Toby Green, which is a big thing for me. Playing away at the Gabba, Lions in form, Lions should uh, get the victory. But I think GWS can actually uh, keep with them. So I've gone a, a three-leg same-game multi. I've gone Brisbane one to thirty-nine. I've gone Zach Bailey to get fifteen or more disposals. He's about a dollar seventeen by himself. And Tom Green to continue his form and get 20 disposals there. So those three together is $3.30 source, and I've put 25 on it. I uh, like that bet, Pez. I agree. I think that the line is a little bit too high for there. And uh, the the dollar twenty, I just is way too short for what this game probably should be pitched at. The Giants have uh, do have some injuries there, but they are definitely not out of this game, and they can definitely make a contest at it. I'm steering clear for me, Pez. Yeah, fair enough. And uh, the next game on the Saturday, we do have a twilight. We do. At Marvel Stadium. We do, Pez, and this will be an absolute bore fest. Uh, I saw a really great tweet during the week from someone saying, um, I don't, I'd be uh, actually okay if they cancelled this game. We're talking about the St. Kilda Saints and your North, mate. Uh, your heart is definitely going to be divided in this one. So I'll go through the odds <laughs> and then you can talk about how you're going to separate your two loves uh, in the AFL world. So uh, the Saints come in at $1.24 as the favourites for some absurd reason and North Melbourne are $4.10 outsiders. The line is minus twenty. Six and a half over under one seventy one and a half. Pez, where does your heart lie in this one? Uh, I think the Saints will get the line in this one. Source: uh, Sean McKernan is out apparently with an injury. He would have been dropped anyway, surely. Uh, anytime Sean McKernan is in for St Kilda this year, jump on the other team at the minus line. Um, so Sean McKernan's out injured. James Frawley out injured. Uh, not doing much. He, he did all right against Geelong when they had a tall forward line, but last week really disappointing. Hunter Clark goes out injured, but. Brett Ratton said in his press conference he's going to swing the axe and he's going to make some droppings. With three injuries there, he's only got Bytel and Jack Loney. Uh, and he's dropped Jack Loney uh, so many times over the past few years. You bring in uh, Calvrino, who is an exciting young man. He's been uh, at the Saints for a long time, so hopefully he does well. Nick Caulfield comes back into the team. Luke Dunstan, he's that type of player source. You know, the one that collects 40-plus and kicks a couple of goals on the weekend in the, in the seconds and then comes into the AFL and it's a a bit too quick for him and uh, turns the ball over every single time. So that's him. And Mason Wood comes back in to play against his old side uh, for North there. I think that uh, St Kilda will get the line. Uh, Sean McKernan out and we've still got Paddy Ryder in. So I think that should be fine. North probably continued their Mad Monday after that grand final win down in Tassie. So um, what have you jumped on? Uh, I've stayed clear with this one, Pez. Um, I, I understand why Ratton didn't uh, throw the axe because he left it to you to our, for our bet, bet slip here. Just absolutely potting every single bloke that's come into that side. But um, <laughs> yes, uh, I think it, I think this is a really danger game for for punters, and I think sometimes we can get caught up into you know teams' positions on the ladder and big lines. And I think Sportsbet has done this in this one as well. I do think uh, Saint, the Saints get the line, but St Kilda definitely are not in form. They've got a lot of injuries, um, and North Melbourne they can afford to win 
one more game probably this year and still you know sort of sort of secure that number one pick. So I find this a bit of a danger game. I'm staring clear. If anything, I'd probably jump on some of the disposal markets for some of the, for some of those Saints, um, but not actually what they're presenting at the moment. I would wait for on the on the line to see what that over under mark is because with all those outs, people are going to get a lot more of the pill. But uh, I'm definitely steering clear from the, from that game. Yeah, I'm steering clear as well, uh, Source, because I wasn't sure if uh, McKernan was in or not. Um, and I was just re- really disappointing last week. So if I was going anywhere, I'd probably go somewhere with Max King to score five or six. Five goals is paying six fifty. Six goals is paying uh, $13 there. So steering clear, but that's where I'd head. Yeah, that's a good little mate. You love your King, mate. What, what's, he, what's he on for five or six points? Uh, probably a bit less than that. About uh, if he's five behinds, he's paying a uh, dollar eighty, and uh, six behinds, he's at a dollar ninety-five. So there you go. There we go. Uh, that's uh, Pez bets. So let's make sure you jump on um, that. Uh, where they're, they're Pez's they're, bull, bullshit line. Yeah, there's their uh, specials and shit house as well. So but you definitely <laughs> won't get banned, Pez, from from your one. All right, let's get on to uh, the game that has actually been relocated, Pez. This one has gone all over Australia, and now it's been located at the SCG. Originally was um, meant to be played in Darwin, but it's going to be played at the SCG. Gold Coast Suns are taking on the Hawks, and the Suns are clear favourites in this one, Pez. The, lo- uh, the line is 16.5, which I think is a little bit short. Gold Coast are the favourites, $1.39. Hawthorne Outsiders at $3. The total game points is 159.5, Pez. How do the Suns play this one? Uh, they have to they have to play it to win and try and kick a bigger score than Hawthorne, I reckon. But, oh, well done uh, there, Piers. Well done. going <laughs> and Shields, uh, big ins for Hawthorne here, but uh, O'Meara goes out with concussion on, on the way out there as well. So um, Gold Coast, uh, they've, got to, they've got to win this game and they've got to try and do it convincingly. I think they might win by about four goals, but I'm not too confident in it. So I've steered cleared uh, from this one, but if I was tipping anything, I'd probably go to the Gold Coast line. Yeah, I like the Gold Coast line, Pez, but uh, that wasn't good enough for me, and I've gone something a little bit. Cheeky! Uh, and I've going to do it again, Pez. Cheeky! Because I've gone double cheeky on this one because I've uh, broken the $10 rule and I'm using my uh, $25 bonus bet from last week that I that I know that you did earlier in the year, so I don't know if it's uh, uh, it's not it's not it's definitely not unfamiliar territory for you to be a little bit cheeky, but I think that the Gold Coast Suns can really put a number on the Hawks. The Hawks don't want to win. Gold Coast will see the blood and uh, they will absolutely dominate. I've got Gold Coast 40-plus uh, in this one. To, uh, to partnered up with Brandon Ellis to get his 20 or more, which he does routinely. And your man, Ben King, to score four or more goals. That gives me odds of $6.75, and I've whacked $25 bonus spent on that one. Only $6.75. What's, uh, what's 40 plus by itself? 40 plus by itself is uh, 3 bucks. Okay, interesting. I, I thought the, the you bo- would have got that with the Ben King three goals, but no. I guess the, the, the odds with that, the two goals and the three goals, aren't, aren't too good at sports bet at the he, moment. He's so do- you've had to go a bit further. He's $1.40 to kick two, and he was like $1.70 to kick three. And I'm like, that is ridiculous odds. So I had to go four goals. I really wanted to, I really wanted to sit about the three-goal mark because I think that's a bit more realistic. But when you're doing a cheeky pairs and you're trying to chase some odds, which which is an unusual way to punt, uh, you've got to find the, the little bit more uh, value there, and that's what I definitely have done. Yeah, uh, well, there you go. Best of luck with that. But $25 bonus bet on that as well. So you must be pretty confident. Uh, yeah, sure. Let's go with confident. <laughs> <laughs> confident, baby, confidence. Just trying to win it back. 
All right, Pez. Speaking of confidence, the Essendon Bombers will definitely go into this clash uh, confident after their best win of the season. Um, only a couple of wins they've had, but either way, they'll go in um, as the Outsiders against the West Coast Eagles over at SBS Stadium. Essendon Outsiders three seventy eight. The West Coast Eagles with yeah, uh, Elliot Yo coming back in dollar twenty seven favourites minus twenty two and a half is the line over under one forty and a half. Yeah, Yo in uh, Waterman out, so they're going a little bit. Uh, smaller, which is uh, good for them and it'll suit them. Big in for Essendon is Stringer with uh, Jones, the, the young man, probably resting him as well. So he goes out of the side there. Um, what I've done in this game, I think West Coast uh, should get over the line pretty comfortably, but at a dollar twenty-three, you can't really have anything there. So um, I'll put a $20 bonus bet on this one, Source. I'll put Liam Ryan to score two or more goals uh, and West Coast head-to-head. So that gets me $2.87 with that little bonus there. That's a great bet, Pez. And uh, if that gets up, then most likely mine will as well. I love the line for this one, Pez. Um, but I'm putting my $50 bonus bet down. And I just uh, went to Sportsbet and picked my own line and bumped that up to 26 and a half to get the $2 marks and just trying to get my money back there. Um, I think that's a, a really good value bet, especially with some of the outs for Essendon. Um, the Stringer in's a little bit concerning, but I'm hoping that he uh, continues that sort of week one back form where he comes in and he's very sluggish and a little bit unfit. So I'm hoping that's what I get from him. Uh, but I'm very happy with that bit yeah well, there you go and uh then we head into the the final day the sunday i wish uh, there was more games and they did a, a little uh game every day for the seven day lockdown or something but um we head into three games on a sunday we do head into the three games of uh afl on the sunday pairs the richmond tigers taking on the adelaide crows dollar 31 for the for the favorites and uh for the team that uh, is really fighting for a top eight spot, and then the Crows after their big win last week, three dollars fifty outsiders. The line is minus twenty one and a half. The over under is one sixty eight and a half. Pez, you're with the Crows to back to back wins in this one for sure. No, definitely not. Um, they've got the extended benches here. We know that Bolton will most likely come back in. Cochin and Prestia, as we said earlier in the show, with Tom Lynch going out uh, with that injury for about six weeks. So I think uh, Richmond get this one at the line and. Um, Crows won't be able to stay with them like they did for Melbourne last week at their home stadium. They are playing up, uh, being moved from the MCG down up to Giant Stadium as well, which is interesting um, on a Sunday. So uh, no one really wants to play against uh, anyone that has played Richmond in the last couple of weeks. The Queensland government uh, weren't too happy with uh, GWS source and they've turned them around to Sydney Airport and made them wait another day and they have to travel up to Brisbane tomorrow on game day. Yeah, yeah. What was your bet for this one, Pez? No, no bet. That's no very clear. No bet. Uh, I like what you said about the line pairs, and that's why I said, what is your bet? Because I thought you were going down the line way. I think the line of 21.5 is a great sort of mark for Richmond just to um, remind the league that they're still around and that they're still going to be there around September time. Minus 21.5, they get the job done. The Adelaide Crows are not going to have their you know, their 23rd man in the Adelaide Crows uh, faithful, cheering them on and influencing the umpires in some of those uh, horrendous calls that you do get. So I've gone uh, 25 at the line. Minus 22 and a half, or minus 21 and a half, sorry. Um, we get on to the Sydney versus Carlton game. Uh, this will be played at the SCG. Sydney, uh, the favourites, $1.50. Carlton is the outsiders at 262 The line is 13 and a half, and this is creeping in pairs. The Carlton supporters are jumping all over it. They think they can get this done. The over-under is 167 and a half. Can they get it done, Pez? Uh Well, Jack Martin probably comes back in. Nunes that they love down there. Um, Parks, you've got Casbold as well, possibly coming in. Uh, Tom Hickey is a big injury for Sydney, who's been playing really well this season. Um, but another advantage for Sydney is Robbie Fox actually goes out 
injured oh, as well. So they will. Um, sorry, that's a huge win for them. That's a huge win. Um, <laughs> so we'll see what happens. McInerney is going to come in and probably uh, play some of that role from Hickey. But I've just stuck with the uh, Tom Papley to kick two uh, against Carlton, the team that tried to recruit him, and Chad Warner, the young man, to get fifteen plus. I like that. Um, I don't like him to get 20 all the time, but to get 15 is is pretty good money there and good value. So those two together, I'll put the 20 bonus bet on that at $2.60. Like that bet, Pez. I've just gone with uh, the Sydney midfield just to get it done. I've gone Jordan Dawson to get 20. I've been loving him lately, uh, racking up the pill. Ollie Florent to get 20 and Luke Parker to continue his kicking out form and get 25. Uh, that gives me odds of $3 and chuck 25 on that one. All right, let's Very get into good, it. and we head into the last last game. We will, Pez. Uh, sorry for cutting you off there. That's one of the, the COVID aspects that we have to deal, deal with for this week, but hopefully not next week we can get back here, get the band back together, get into that studio, Pez. <laughs> we go Port Adelaide versus Fremantle, and uh, Fremantle will be looking to sneak one with the out-of-form Port Adelaide power. They come in as the outsiders, $4.20. Port Adelaide, the clear favourites, $1.23. The line is minus 25.5. The over-under total is one fifty-five and a half. Pez... Will Port Adelaide be pulling out the prison bars uh, this week? No, I think that's over now uh, with the prison bar stuff. But they are selling it and the uh, crowd will be, you know, wearing uh, the prison bars over in Adelaide Oval. They're not in lockdown or anything. Hamish Hartlett out of this one. Fantasia probably comes back in and they've probably got a few more changes up their sleeves. Big injury for uh, Fremantle with Matty Tabner, their main man up forward uh, with an ankle. Brayshaw will probably come back in there, but... I've, I haven't done a max yet, and uh, the listeners are probably wondering what's going on, but here is my first max of round 11. We've got Port Adelaide, minus 25 and a half, with Matty Tabernet out. Um, Port Adelaide really, you know, got a bit of a wake-up call last week, and they've been very disappointed for about three weeks. At home, flat-track bullies uh, against the Fremantle Dockers, who don't travel uh, very well, as we know. So I've matched that with Port Adelaide head-to-head, and Port Adelaide to be the half-time leader, so I can get that insurance for the for the bonus bet in case they don't cover the line source, uh, max 50 at $2. Yeah, I like that bet, Pez. I totally agree. Flat track bullies, Port Adelaide Power. Returning to home after a disappointing two weeks, The if they lose this one, uh, the, the crowd will eat them alive. So there's no chance that's happening. Um, I'm steering clear with this one, Pez. I just don't trust Port Adelaide at the moment, but I do tend to agree with you that they will get the job done. Let's get on to our source multis, Pez. Oh, sorry, our multis, Pez, but I know that you're going to be sticking to the, uh, the, the the thing that's working for the moment. The only thing that's working from uh, source at the moment is the source bet slip. The, not the source bet slip, the source multi. What are you doing? Yeah, I'm not doing a source multi this week after the big <laughs> intro there. Great little uh, intro. What, one, of, one of my legs is a, a source multi, a pick-your-own-line, but the others aren't source because I couldn't find value in it. So I've gone a four-legger here with Sportsbet. I've gone Geelong to win at $1.24. I've gone St. Kilda just to straight-up win at $1.24. Port Adelaide to straight-up win at $1.23. And then West Coast, I've just given them a plus 6.5 in case the Bombers do something by a goal. Um, at a dollar twelve there, so that all that together gets me two dollars eleven. I've whacked the max fifty on that as well. Yeah, that's fair, Pez. They're back to back max fifties. Uh, look at you coming home strong. I've gone with Western Bulldogs plus fourteen and a half at a dollar twenty three. Geelong same sort of line as you, Pez. Dollar twenty five for the head up win. Brisbane on a uh, pick your own line minus fifteen and a half dollar forty two, and Sydney pick your own line plus twenty three and a half. That gives me odds of. Um, $2.35, sorry, I was trying to work that out with the power play. I have done the power play with that Pez with Sportsbet, and I'm just rubbing that in because you have been banned, and I've chucked 25 mm-hmm. on that one to finish up the round. Yeah, good on you. Rub it in a bit more, but um, we'll finish the round. We'll get that bet slip out 
hopefully before the game, if not source, we'll post uh, our first slip up there and uh, we'll move on to the coin tosses, which is what we want to hear about our lines. It was a toss of the coin. That fight wins the toss. Yes, it's been an unusual uh, year for coin tosses. Big time again, Pez. Uh, I am leading the t- coin toss this week and uh, the last couple of weeks, Pez. So still got that commanding lead. For people that don't know, this is where we keep it short and we sweet and we pick one of the lines to uh, to, to, to let the punters know who's going to win. That's the thing. Uh, we both got uh, only three last week's source. There were a lot of uh, games that didn't go our way with the Melbourne game, the Geelong game, the Sydney game, which was uh, about a goal in it there. Port Adelaide as well, not covering that 16 and a half, which was uh, really, really surprising and both on North Melbourne there. But um, we, we got it there, got three, I'm on 43, you're on 45. So two point lead heading into the second half of the season. We'll uh, see how you lose this one. How I lose this one coming <laughs> from behind, Pez. All right. So the dogs are favourites at seven and a half. Dogs or Ds? Yeah, I just changed that, uh, interestingly. I just had a pre-show, I had it at eight and a half and it was six and a half earlier in the week. Just went on there because I couldn't believe that it was eight and a half when I looked at it there. But seven and a half, I'm going to go uh, the doggies to win by eight or more. Yeah, I'm definitely with you uh, on that one, Pez. All right, the Cats and the Pies. The line is minus 25 and a half, favouring the Cats. Uh, Jeremy Cameron to kick five and uh, Geelong to cover that pretty easily. Yep, with you on that one, Pez. The Giants and the Lions. Lions minus 29 and a half. Uh, I'll go Giants here. I like the Lions in that one, so head-to-head for the first time, Pez. Saints and North minus 26 and a half, Pez. Where does the heart sit? Easy for St Kilda here. Yeah, I'm with you on that one, mate. All right, the Eagles and the Bombers, minus 22.5 favouring the West Coast Eagles. Yeah, minus 22.5 for West Coast for me. Yeah, that's an easy one. I'm with you there, Pez. The Suns and the Hawks, Suns favoured at minus 16.5. No, the Suns, that's that's too low, that line. Way too low, Pez, with you on that one as well. Tigers and the Crows, minus 21.5. We know where you are. You're with Richmond, and I, I don't think Adelaide can do it again after a, a good win last week, so I'm on Richmond as well. I see that you're just following the, the winning trend there, Pez. All right, the Swans and the Blues, minus 13 and a half. Uh, this is a tough one for me, but uh, happily, buddy, I uh, have to go Sydney. Yeah, you have to go Sydney, Pez. I'm on that same with you. And uh, Port Adelaide versus Fremantle, I think you're leaning towards the, the Port Adelaide power at minus 25 and a half. Well, I've got the max uh, on it. It'd be strange if I chose Fremantle here, wouldn't it? So yep. Port Adelaide. Yep, I'm with you as well there, Pez. Uh, so that's, uh, what, two different, I think it was? Uh, looks like just the Brisbane and GWS game, and then you've copied me on every single other one. <laughs> oh, turn it up there, you <laughs> flog. All right, um, The 10th uh, coin toss that we've got here with uh, lockdown in Melbourne source, uh, have you got, you got Uber Eats or Menu Log? Uh, me- menu, oh, that's... that's, that's Ooh, that's a really tough one. Uh, probably Uber Eats for variety, but depends what I'm depends what I'm eating. I'm going menu log for the jingle. What's the What's the jingle for the menu log one? You haven't seen the menu log ad with Snoop Dogg? Oh no, I, I, I sort of don't really watch TV, Pez, as you know. And um, is it on when the footy's on? I haven't noticed, uh, I haven't noticed n- that. No, no idea. All right. Well, that's a, that's a definitely <laughs> an interesting one there, Pez. Uh, what's, uh, what's the beverage of choice for, for this lockdown, Pez? The very best, as usual? Uh, no, on the red wines. 
Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Turn it right off. Jesus, you, you're ditching the sponsor for the first time, Pez. That's a bit disappointing. Yeah, uh, hopefully they're not listening towards the end of the show here and uh, we don't get uh, sanctioned for that. We, hopefully we don't get sanctioned. Well, uh, as we always finish off the show, make sure that you jump on all of our socials. Pez, where can they find us? At Behind the Bound, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Yep, most definitely they can. Uh, sorry, mate. There, um, the dog's starting to get a little bit restless here. Let's uh, let's wrap things up. Hope everyone is staying safe. Pez, sign us off. Yep, sign us off. If you're in Melbourne, uh, enjoy the footy while you can, and then uh, stay safe for the next few days. And hopefully, we're out of it soon. I'm Pez. Peace out. I'm still Sauce. We'll catch up next time.